Yeah, that's nice. Ooh. Welcome back. What an intro. Welcome back to Talking Backwards, the Twin Peaks podcast. I am Dave Jackson, joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. I am here. This is our season two mid-season recap episode. We're going to go back to the beginning and uh, pick up some of our favorite bits. I thought this was a good uh, stopping point after episode nine. It kind of felt like there was some closure, and it certainly feels like the last half of the season could have been its own season. But it's technically not, Um, so that's why this is season two part one recap. And yeah, we're going to go over a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe some stuff we missed, and or maybe some stuff we've sort of uh, reevaluated, maybe changed our minds on. Who knows? We'll see. My mind is made up. Oh, perfect. We are also going to do a very special thing uh, at the end of the episode. We are going to talk about the uh, international pilot ending. We've we've brought it up a few times over the course of our episodes. I know we brought it up during the season one recap, um, but Dave and Tyler hadn't seen it yet. Um, We've all seen it, and we are excited to talk about it. Uh, it is something. We're saving that for the end in case any of you haven't seen it. Um, not that it's uh, super spoilery, but, you know, it is its own thing. Um, so we will get there. But first, uh, we're just going to dive into maybe just a couple of random topics, kind of a loose structure. And then we're going to go in and talk about uh, different characters, uh, our favorite deaths, maybe some favorite scenes. And favorite new characters, we're going to get to all of that. So, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Do you have anything you want to start with today? I mean, what stays prominent in my mind that just kind of pops up, is there, goes away, and leaves me completely baffled is the cream corn. Cream corn was at the forefront for a little bit for me and hasn't left my mind. What is this magic kid? Why was he not there when they went back? What is happening? I don't know. No theory. No theories, Tyler. Uh, no. Dave hasn't seen uh, all of Firewalk with me. You've seen. <laughs> you showed me a couple it. scenes seen, that. Yeah, you've seen a thing or two. I know for sure. Kind of messed um, A heavy cream corn theme. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. It's not something I feel like I can speak too much on, just because it's not. Again, what we what we know of it so far in the series is just seeing it in the uh, little boy's hands, Miss Tremont's grandson, and that's kind of all you can go off of. I do. I do know a little bit about what it later will come to represent. Okay. But even then, why cream corn? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. I think that's just gonna. I mean, I think. I think that's something we're gonna have to. That's that's a more a further down the line once we uh, get to get to more of that. Sorry, Tyler. There's some cream corn in your future. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I love cream corn. I love it. Yeah, and and I know we can't deep dive on cream corn, but it's just such a such a choice. It's a visual. What would have been better? Deviled eggs. Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> you are not wrong. I. Love deviled eggs. <laughs> Quick story. Used to be when my grandmother on my dad's side was with us, we would always, at Thanksgiving and Christmas, the entire family get together in that house. My dad is one of, like, nine kids, all with children and grandchildren of their own. Big, big family. Where is Ernest Raven Jackson in this story? Uh, he is still the brother of my father. Okay. Your I, uncle? I, I Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So I, I, your father's your father's brother. I actually think that his middle name might not be Raven. I think that might be Millis. Think Raven. Might be Millis. <laughs> Ray Raven with a B. Oh, Raven is cooler. Oh. Raven. I is always pretty cool. I always was under the impression it was Raven, <laughs> and I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, just whatever makes your life the best it can be. Go with that. Uh, that does. Then we'd have a big, big family all together in this one house, and there was an aunt that I didn't see much. And so just having not had a lot of interactions, we didn't have, you know, particular, you know, like or dislike for each other. But there was one year at, I want to say Thanksgiving, there was a tray of deviled eggs and we both reached for the last one on the tray and almost got into it a little bit, like, like didn't speak for a while Oh wow! about the last deviled egg. Oh, wow. I care for it deeply. <clears throat> and I can't tell you which Anne it was. Because it was so long ago, and the family is so big, but I know for a while there was definitely some bad blood between me and an ant over a deviled egg. An ant. An ant. That's fantastic, Dave. I love that story. I'll fight you. I love that your uncle's name is Raven. <laughs> That's my main takeaway. When you started this and you said you used to go to your grandmother's house, I thought you were going to say she made you hold the deviled eggs in your hand like this. <laughs> it, was a comp- it was a competition. That's how she makes yeah. deviled eggs. She has like, the egg in one hand and the the filling in the other. And just <laughs> you clap it together. Nothing beats the safe sensation of when egg and filling <laughs> yeah. collide. I will say, I think, because it's that's actually a topic I've been thinking about a little bit for whatever reason with the deviled cream eggs. corn oh. lately. No, the, no, with the cream corn, there is, you, you say it's a choice, but there is a, there's actually a fairly decent meaning with the choice, I think. Uh, but that's still something that we are far away from. Right, so moving past cream corn then. Yeah, I will bring up uh, a topic that uh, that we didn't really touch on um, much, but there was an interesting parallel I wanted to bring up. Um, while it wasn't really, I mean, it, it, it's foreshadowing is what it is. When Ben and Audrey have that moment in the first episode when she's up at One-Eyed Jack's, and, you know, Ben's in there. He doesn't know it's Audrey. She's got the mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is sort of that parallel of, oh, it's the father and daughter, like, getting ready to get intimate to Leland and Laura. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not exactly exactly the same, but it is sort of a parallel to its foreshadowing what's to come, I think, in a way. Yeah, not quite a mirror, but right. that, right. that theme of, like, have it in your mind that this of... is possible. Right. Yeah. Same yeah. theme. Yep. Yep. Hmm. No thanks. <laughs> that was one of those things I picked up on on my first rewatch going back after finding out that Leland was the killer. It was like, oh, this is almost a hint in its own way. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd... Even though we didn't okay. realize it. I-, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. That makes sense. Familial relations in this ser- this season are pretty prominent too. It's like... Briggs and Bobby have their moment where they kind of connect yes. as father and son in a, a completely different way from what we were, we were just talking about. Just <laughs> No, absolutely. Yes, totally different. But then there's stuff like just brand new family members popping up, like Gersten, yeah. who, has, who has no staying power and no connection to anyone. <laughs> right. It's, yep. it's, just, it's, it's a really Wild West mentality of what family relations to make important. In this season, Jim West, Desperado. So it's just it's really wacky that they pay a lot of attention to making sure that some family dynamics are addressed, 
and others just come up as a fleeting moment yeah. and just not a care in the world. Another thing I wanted to bring up in relation to the last episode, I brought up uh, a couple of times about how interesting it was uh, the way Hawk was reacting to everything involving Leland and Bob at the end when, when they finally like, you know, locked up Leland. Yeah. Where Hawk, you know, was staring at him. He had the gun pointed at him. He was staring at him through the doorway. When I went back and listened to that episode, I was kicking myself for not saying, oh, I get it. He was watching him like a hawk. Boo. It's true, though. I, I, I do really like that detail because Hawk being how he is, like having the connection with the woods and... And all that. And, and another thing with talking about the parallels, I was actually revisiting um, our Rest in Pain episode from season one because we talk about Cooper's dreams. He's talking about his dream sequence, and that plays into the alternate ending that we're going to talk about later. But at the end of the episode, we're talking about this scene between Hawk and Cooper. They're having a drink together at the Great Northern. Hawk's talking about like multiple spirits and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know he's got this kind of connection and. It immediately while they're talking, it immediately cuts to Leland, who's dancing by himself, like a big flashing neon arrow. He does that a lot. Yeah, and again, knowing what we know now about Leland and the spirits, it's like okay, there's sort of you know that connection there, He's and Leland's dance. Yeah, well, and Leland's dancing, and it's similar to even just the uh, man from another place dancing in the red room. There's sort of that dancing connection there. Mm. Uh, another thing that was really funny that Tyler said at the end of this. Maybe he'll die. <laughs> maybe he'll die. In like, is this a fan theory? <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll die on some some episodes. That'd be great. <laughs> Tyler's ready to kill Leland off of the show. I need a little less Leland, a little more Diane. And Tyler's fanfic. This plays out very differently <laughs> yeah. in his AU fanfic. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted him to die from season one. We're like, yeah, Tyler just wants Leland killed off. Um, so Tyler, you got your wish I in did. the last episode. It's not uh, how I Leland wanted it gone. to happen, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just a really, it was just a really funny, uh, a funny moment to look back on from our discussion <laughs> to where we are now. Yeah, Tyler actually had some pretty spot-on predictions that. That it was hard to just be like, actually, you're right. All well, the, the other, the through, other one yeah. that really made me laugh from our season one recap was, you were talking about Leland. We were talking about Leland, and you were just like, he just needs to get over it. In the pilot, when he finds out Laura's dead, I sympathize with him, maybe for two episodes. After that, like, I, I, I get that it's only a week, which I still disagree with, but <laughs> man up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, you've got this other girl living with you who looks just like her. Be pals with her. I don't think it's about being pals with somebody. I think it's about the murder of your daughter <laughs> affecting you on a deep and psychological level. I don't think he misses his pal so much. <laughs> oh, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gobi pals with her. Leland goes on to kill Maddie. Yeah, um, what the hell so is that? So I was, I was having to hold that back. It's just so funny because we couldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I still very, I stand by that. Funny. Why, why not just 
be friends with her. I don't like. There's no other way to say it. Well, like, he became friends with her. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't ever. Not once. Oh, you got some coffee. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got some issues. Yeah. I mean, he not anymore. But he had some he had issues. some issues. I'll bring it up now just because we're talking about Leland. We we had made a post on our, our Instagram, and I said it on Twitter. If anybody had any questions or comments or feedback about the first nine episodes of season two, we had actually a very interesting comment. This is actually the only comment. Oh, on our On our Don't you mean Instagram page. We picked one out of 17,000 comments, and this is That's the true. lucky we, person. You're absolutely right. And um, this is from um, Stephen Coughlin. Uh, I believe he's a cartoonist because his username is Stephen underscore Coughlin underscore cartoonist. Hmm. Shout out to him. He had a great comment that said, I've always had a theory that the reason the sprinkler went off in the prison cell holding Leland was symbolism. He was acknowledging what he had done and his sins were being, quote, washed away. It's a Bible quote. I thought that was. Preacher said all my sins is washed away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, it's. Absolutely, that's symbolism, and it's not only uh, a great way to make a really effective set piece, but you really kill two birds with one stone by yeah. having that, having the symbolism there, and make making a rain scene without rain. Like right, some of the, some of the cool stuff that happens in movies for me are the scenes that happen in the rain. Well, like, you know. Dick Dick Tremaine made it rain. Oh. So I thought it was the other side of that that Mike Mike set off the or Bob set off the sprinklers because mm. when he that whole oily brimstone fiery kind of smell that happens when he's present like the heat right. of that is what I so I took as I setting like off that, the sprinklers. I like that better. Yeah. Like, I, w- I wish we could have taken out the Dick Tremaine scene with the cigarette and just had that be what it was. <laughs> so true. Because that's, that would just be one more of those little details that would be so cool right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I do like that uh, that point. I like that symbolism. I, like, I love a rain scene. I love that they made that happen. And it worked for me. Yeah. Theory works Absolutely. for me. Kept waiting for Spider-Man to come down and then... Then Leland and Peter Parker would have their that's just upside one down kiss. That's just one example of a great rain scene. Yeah. I, I do want to get a little bit into some some thoughts and feelings about Super Nadine. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we saw in season one that there was a hint of eye patch strength there. Yeah. I'll and take then it's full-blown after she's gone into a coma and comes back out of it. Yep. This is just a latent property of Nadine's. Yeah. She just is a superhero. Yeah. Uh, there was also a hint of, of the possible memory loss. What? Because, we, yes, we talked about this <laughs> in the Rest in Pain episode. There's a scene where she, like, comes up and she's like, Ed, I had so much fun with you last night because I questioned, like, did they sleep together? Is she talking about the Drape Runners? Oh, and right. then Dave brings and Dave brings up, like, is she talking about something from a long time ago? Because she mentioned something like, I know about you and Norma, but you picked me or whatever. And then James shows up on his bike and she's like, who's that? Right. 
She doesn't know who James is. <laughs> He's like, it's James. So there's this weird sort of it's almost. James. Yeah, there's a weird sort of foreshadowing of the memory loss there, in my opinion. I mean, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but no, you're... I almost feel like there's something something there with that. Yeah, it, it shows that her memory is fragile, but it's not correlated to the strength because it's it's present. She is present when she loses her mind on Ed and breaks the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You going to do it, Tyler? Um, yes. For those of you who do not know what foreshadowing is, it is when the sun is directly behind you and the shadow is in front. No, I was wanting you to do your Nadine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Misread that one. I love that you just had that in the pocket. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'll... By the way, Tyler, I'd love an Ed soundbite for when Ed shows up. <laughs> just any time. Similar, similar to the Donna, the Donna one we use of Mike. Donna. Um, oh man. I'd also so so with uh, real quick with with even with Mike, there's a small moment at the beginning of that Rest in Pain episode that we did where Tyler's like, "Where's Mike?" and I'm like, "He shows up later in the funeral." You were already questioning <laughs> Mike's absence in an episode that he was in. <laughs> Wait, that what? early on, uh, yeah, like <laughs> I don't, I don't believe you. I swear, it's really funny. So you were foreshadowing a future running gag on our program. Yes, I was in front of the sun. Um, but yeah, Nadine is strong. But why? But why? Yeah, I'll tell you what. It was really nice to see the softer side of Albert this yeah, season. I agree. That's true. He's he's mellowed out. It was a nice layer. To he must have just gotten dumped or something <laughs> when he arrived in Twitter. Yeah, feet. something happened that made him really reevaluate yeah, his, his relationships with people. His bird well, died after, or something. Well, after, after well, Cooper though, rejected, rejected his uh, complaint against Sheriff Truman, I think that made him reevaluate things. I doubt he that. Went, he went back to Philly and had some thoughts. <laughs> And now he was the uh, Sultan of Sentiment, as we know. <laughs> sultan of SWAT. And see, even, okay, yeah, even that. That's from season one. This was touched on in season one, in the morgue, where he's talking about how sensitive he is. And it's like, I don't think you are. I don't believe you. And then, oh, right, okay. <laughs> you actually meant all that and just continued to act the way you did for whatever reason. I guess to keep it professional. Profesh. But the dude is a sweetheart. An enigma. And an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Ooh. That's one thing I'd never want to be wrapped in. Plastic? A mystery. <laughs> well, that's the show. <laughs> you're wrapped yeah, up you in are it. Wrapped, you're wrapped in it. <laughs> you are totally in it. Now. Uh, dang. Yep. Oh, well. Andy's stepping on the board three separate times. Albert taking off his glasses three separate times. Not stepping on the board three separate times, but having his reaction shots. Like every take that they filmed, they used. It was so funny. I laughed too long and too hard at that scene. Are we sure it wasn't just like time repeating itself? No. Nope. You're wrong. Because we know how time works in Twin Peaks. We don't. Uh, Tyler, what's something you loved about... S2, E1 through 9. Audrey. Yes. Yes. Always. Yes. No, her her whole arc 
up until now has been fantastic. Um, she played it very well. I, I loved Audrey's entire arc up to this point. Uh, I loved her getting involved at One-Eyed Jacks, and she infiltrated the system. She did. And took it apart. Oh, yeah. She's like Veronica Mars 8.0 optimized. <laughs> 9.0 optimized. I loved the Audrey Horn arc. I loved the uh, mission to go save her from One-Eyed Jacks. I think that was one of my favorite bits of the entire season was just absolutely the rescue mission it was fun to finally even just i mean seeing cooper in action was fun rather than just being playing the detective he was you know taking people down <laughs> dude seeing harry just ruin that guy's life when they got in the front door yeah yeah <laughs> Like that's gonna and stay. Seeing, with, that's gonna stay with that guy. Oh yeah. And and seeing Hawk throw a knife in someone's back was also mm-hmm. badass. It's finally nice to see them get rid of Emery Battis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, and as a part of that storyline. Yeah. Uh, it, that was an unexpected, certainly an unexpected death. Came out of nowhere. Uh, well, I guess you could say that for most of them, but I mean that one was just you're in the scene watching it, and he just gets shot. What's <laughs> so. the most out of nowhere death? I have my answer. My most out of nowhere is. Probably Harold. Same. I was gonna say Martin yeah. Short. Like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, sure. I get it that his his sanctum was violated, and you know he, you know he was betrayed, and had all this obvious pent up rage and all these issues to deal with. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't think any of them were on that level. Like Hawk walks in and finds him hanging, and it's just like, why? Yeah, that's a that's definitely one of the craziest visuals of the season. It is a striking visual. So here's my question: <laughs> Looking back at this, do we ever see Harold's face? Not in the episode, no. No. Is this an actor just kind of hanging down? Could be from a harness, or Very is it well just a be. Harold Smith dummy that they threw a noose <laughs> around? And, uh, up from the ceiling. It very well could be. There's no way they brought him in for that. It, it could right, be a set yeah. decorator that they yeah. <laughs> like. You're about the same build. Here, jump in this just, harness real just quick. Just hang there for a second. It was probably Andy since he wasn't in the scene because he was gonna cry. <laughs> they probably were just like Andy, get up there. <laughs> Goody. <laughs> he gets Yippee. up there. Wee. <laughs> also, yeah. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the height of the body. So when they, he's there's no way this is on a soundstage, 100 percent, because oh, that body yeah. is too high up to no. be attached to anything. If he's dead, it's because he jumped up and hit his head through the ceiling. <laughs> he didn't hang himself. Well, was there not like like light coming in for his plants? Like for I just always assumed that the it was like a little greenhouse just, or something. Well, they, yeah, they don't yeah. require much light. Flesh novel. Are we not sure that Miss Tremond and her grandson didn't use some sort of magic to get him up that high? Are they just to floating him up there? Because you know my theory on it. I think they had something to do with it. I don't think he killed himself. I think it was the plants. I think they turned on him. Feed me, Harold. <laughs> That's our little shop reference for this episode. <laughs> um, Every recap gets one. Feed me. So yeah. that's that's my most out of nowhere death. 
and mine. What was yours, Patrick? Uh, I would say probably, probably Maddie. I don't know. I just thought she was going to go back home to her invisible parents. <laughs> That's true. Are we going to see her parents? Are they going to come down? Because undoubtedly good... this this funeral is going to take place in Twin Peaks for some reason. <laughs> Maybe we'll meet Beth one day and whoever her father's name is. Chuck. Yeah, so about Maddie leaving and going home, she... She did just show up and start staying with her aunt and uncle, who didn't invite her, and overstayed her welcome. Like, what is she doing here? Why is she still here? She came in for the funeral and stayed for like a week. I guess she just got caught up in the stuff with James and Donna, that that's what kept her there. But she could have just left, though. She could have just gone, yeah, no. I don't need and that. And gone. She because, explained that to James in that nice scene that you liked, Dave. She was just like, I guess I felt like, you know, being Laura. Yeah, and that was a nice scene, and I enjoyed it. The thing is, she told him, <laughs> she told him she was leaving, and then just puts it off until she gets herself killed. Right. Like she comes in this morning and has her coffee. Oh, you got some coffee? Great. Sits between them, all awkwardly close. Is like, I'm going home. She to did Missoula. waste a whole. Yeah, she wasted a whole day there. Like, I'm going to Missoula. How long is that couch? <laughs> it's a super long <laughs> couch. It, it's space enough for three people, a cup of coffee on a saucer, and then some. And a pillow, and then it just keeps going off screen. I'm just saying, she should have finished her coffee, packed her bag, and gotten out. She never should have yeah. come in the first place. Well, come down for the funeral, sure, but don't stay. Her parents didn't even come. Yeah. They're not that close. Send a letter. Sorry I couldn't be there. Sorry your daughter's dead. Sympathy card. Suck it. Yours truly. <laughs> Maddie. Suck it? Sorry your daughter died. There's, Suck it? There's a reason that they're not close. And it's some way back family drama that is still weighing heavy between the two families. There was a Thanksgiving. There was one deviled egg left. Yeah. Raven got in there and it was just a Oh, mad Raven. Raven Ferguson. Blood. Grandpa Raven Ferguson <laughs> just had to have that devil day. Is this thing on? Is this, is this thing, thing on? on? All right, real quick, let's talk about uh, our favorite scenes from the first half of season two. I've told you guys mine. Mine is the uh, events that happen uh, at the roadhouse at the end of Lonely Souls when Cooper sees the giant again and the giant says it is happening again. Like I said before, that's Twin Peaks to me, that whole scene. It's Goosebumps. I like the Audrey exchange when when she's been rescued and she's talking to Benjamin Horn and she's like Oh yeah, that one's great. laying it down like mm-hmm. I know what you got going on. Yeah. And you suck. And Flexes. I'm ashamed to be your daughter and cut me in or ship up <laughs> or shape up. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's 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 probably one of my favorite moments um, outside of just Leland in the, in the last three episodes. Yeah. Cause that's just some, that's some damn fine acting. Yes. Yeah. It's great. Ray wise, man. My favorite scene is Mersey dotes. No. Yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. No. When, no Leland, great. when Leland shows up at the great Northern yes. doing Mersey dotes. Absolutely. And, Ben and Jerry are just here for it and start 
<laughs> dancing around the room. Yep. Jerry's doing the worm. <laughs> it's incredible. It's it is yeah, an incredible scene. Okay, speaking of fantastic songs, Julie Cruz at the end of the season is just a gem and a yeah. treat. Oh, a huge step up. Yeah. The, Her career came a long way. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, the world it's I mean, it's mainly because of the world spins being the soundtrack to that scene. That's a big part of why I get goosebumps. I mean, anytime I hear that song come on, I'm immediately like, oh, I am <laughs> in this mood now, in this Twin Peaks zone. It takes you there. So I want to talk about uh, our favorite new characters this season. We've been introduced to a lot. Yeah. We've realized what happens in Twin Peaks. A lot of characters get introduced. I mean, Dave, you can speak to this a lot. We're about to get in a whole other character dump <laughs> once we, once we Ooh, come back. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. All right, we're going to start off with none other than... Gordon Cole. He's the first one on my list here. Great. Pay dirt. <laughs> Pay dirt. Here's the one armor now. Oh, gosh. Um, so many I good I love it. Well, lines. I love it, too, because you get you suddenly get this character who it fits so perfectly into the world of Twin Peaks. He's got this sort of unique quirk. He's, you know, he can't hear. He speaks loudly. He's got these really old devices <laughs> to help mm-hmm. him hear. So all of that is fascinating in itself. But then on top of it, it's David Lynch, which yeah. makes it what that much better. I had no idea. That was Actually, another one of my favorite genuine reactions too when you when we were bringing up when we were introduced to Gordon Cole the first time, and you were just like, "Is that David Lynch?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was great. I feel like if you had never seen David Lynch before, and you have only watched the show, knowing that his name was the guy. Of one of the two guys that came up with it. Then you see that guy, you assume that's one of the two. Yeah. I don't know what it is about his lines or his presence, but this guy shows up and you're like, this guy's on the staff. Yeah. This guy is involved in the production. Definitely. Yeah. Is just, just Mark something Frost about it. ever? He was. It? Well, he was already. It was brief. It was a, he was a news reporter, I think, in the first episode. It was on the TV in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh. Cyril Pons, I believe, was his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Cyril Pond's favorite new character, Twin <laughs> <laughs> Me. of all time. He's talking quite, about quite in, the, in this in the scene. He, I believe he's. In, uh, he, I believe he's talking about the mill fire. Yes. Yeah. That sounds very familiar. Yes. Harold Smith. I think legitimately Harold Smith works for the world of the series. He's super weird. He's super creepy. Keeps to himself. Are you looking for secrets? That's my whole thing about the character is I feel like it could have been handled so much better. Like what they made him about, like the whole living novel thing and you grew up in books. Yeah, just th- some <laughs> of I grew up in Boston. Well, actually, <laughs> I grew up in books. I changed my mind. Boo. <laughs> well, I also feel like there's not a ton to do with that character. It kind of served the purpose it needed to get the secret diary. Oh yeah, into I mean after after mm. they he catches them like there's no need for them to ever go back there. Yeah, that that is an isolated location. Like, yeah, nothing happens there except the diary stuff. Except for, I mean, they'll be back for cream corn Tuesdays. Judge Sternwood. I really love J- Judge Sternwood. I like that we have uh, one more character who speaks as though they are in touch with the the spook Yukis around the joint. I'm always about that. Absolutely, and I like him. What the spook Yukis? The giant. I don't really know yet. 
<laughs> Still undecided on the yeah. giant. Jeff like, the giant, as we called him at one point. You show up. <laughs> yeah. Just tell me stuff. I will tell you three things. Oh, and also this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like just say what you know. Yeah. Come on. Could have saved like five just people's lives. Out with it. Senior oh, drill cup, a.k.a. the waiter. I give him one thumbs up. I love the waiter. I was just happy that he showed up again because he was just something. He was one of those that you just thought that he could have easily just been one and done. That was the scene you got, that long scene with him. No reason for him to ever come back around. I love that he does because, you know, you do make that connection about him and the giant. But you're also just not thinking about him. So he, him appearing to me was a wonderful sight. Why is he in his waiter? That's just how he shows up, man. Is he also a waiter at the roadhouse? Is this guy just a waiter? He's just <laughs> Everywhere. On, he's just on his break in that one <laughs> that one scene. That is his credit. He, it's his character name is the waiter. Mm-hmm. Not, yes. all. not Senior Drill Cup? Doesn't get a waiter slash? Senior Drill Cup is just what Albert called him. He's the only employee I see at the Great Northern wearing a cummerbund. Or am I oh, crazy? He's high class. There's no, no way Louie's sure. wearing a cummerbund. When he shows up as the waiter, he's dressed extremely similarly to Cooper. Yeah, he is. Which makes me wonder, had Cooper been shot wearing something else, is like his that how... Jammies? Yeah, if he'd been in his jammies, jammies Hurley would, this guy have show, would this guy have shown up in his jammies? <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been neat. I thought you were going to say with kind of what Tyler said, because Tyler had a theory that he thought it was Cooper when he was older. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you did say yeah, that. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> that was a dumb thought, Tyler. <laughs> I have them what from time you? to time. <laughs> I have them. Uh, while we're at the Great Northern, uh, how about Louis Budway? Oh, yeah. Very enthusiastic. I, I think I just assumed that they didn't have a last name. <laughs> we all think of him as Louis. <laughs> I didn't know the character was even attributed a last name. Oh, there's more. There's more than that, actually. Louis Birdsong Budway. No. What? <laughs> yeah. Birdsong. Correct. <clears throat> like as a nickname or as their Christian middle name? As a nickname, it's in quotations. Okay. Louis Birdsong Budway. Why bother? Why? Why bother with that information? Yeah, just use Raven. <laughs> Raven Jackson. Raven's in quotation. <laughs> but Louis Birdsong Budway is how her name is in the credits, so that's just something you're gonna have to come up with a backstory on yourself. Why? What you got? Let's talk about uh Jonathan Lee. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only thing I liked about Jonathan was him just showing up at the double R while it was closed and <laughs> beating up A. I don't. As the warning shot. I feel like I needed, or I guess there was a conversation with Josie, and he said, I'll, did he say I would take care of Hank? Or yeah, I think okay. so. I think it was like, Hank won't be an issue. Because the way I remember it in my head is like, Josie says, I still have to deal with Hank. And then it just cuts to him. Like, my my whole Hank. thing about that scene is that I don't, I do not believe in my heart of hearts that Hank has any idea why this is happening. Like, oh, no. this is yeah. only effective if he understands what made it happen. Yeah. Right. Next time, I'll take your head off. Why did you do this? Miss Miss Tremond and her grandson? 
So, okay, I've, I've seen the rest of season two. Okay. And I don't understand what their don't role spoil was. spoil anything for Tyler. I'm not spoiling anything. I feel I'm like saying. That was a bad preface. I'm saying, <laughs> having seen to the end of season two, I don't understand what their role is. They raise a lot of questions. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate that they keep me guessing and keep me theorizing. Jean Renault. So Jean Renault shows Frenchist up. The Frenchist of the Renaults. Oh, by far. By far. I feel like the more power you have in the Renault family line, the Frencher you are. I hope they have an older brother. Who you can't even understand. Yeah. He's just, just like Farmer Fran and Waterboy. Anything else on Gene? Nope. Um, where is he? Where did he take Hank? He's at One Eyed Jacks. Is he still? He's still up there. With Hank? No, Hank's back on the scene, but his time between is getting caught outside of One Eyed Jacks and showing back up at the Double R is a mystery. It's questionable. Dick Tremaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Uh, Just another yeah. completely out of nowhere character. Just an over-the-top sucker. He's like somebody that you just pointed into the costume room and said, go pick a character, dress yourself, and we'll just shoehorn you in. He walked into wardrobe and just like, well, I'm going to look fancy as hell. (laughs) Oh, is that a cravat? Is that a cravat? Yes. Oh, smoking jacket? Yes. I've heard about these. Oh, man. That's all I got for new characters. There's there's still loose ends. There's still a lot to cover. Uh, the fact that this Wyndham Earl gets brought up. Yeah, just, that, just name like drop. Just kind of. I have nothing tied to that. Yeah, it. he's just name dropped. You get the, the paper with the chess move. But yeah, they've name dropped Wyndham Earl several times just to keep it sort of there. Um, but not enough to, to keep him in my memory. No, and I mean, I don't, like, I mean, had, you, had we you, not, know him, you know him seeing after seeing all of season two. Right, but at, at, from, the, from the perspective of a first-time viewer getting to this a, point in the season. For me, it's a better thing on a rewatch, because then it's like, oh, they, na- they said this thus early. Huh, that's interesting. Right. Yes, but, on a first-time viewing, it's, it's, it's meaningless. But on a rewatch, it, it rewards you. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that, that's my issue is like, had we not sat down and had conversations about each episode and every, about every detail of each episode, I would have completely forgotten that this was even mentioned because it's so passing. And I, I agree that it's only dropped so that there's something to follow up with after the middle of the season or not even, we're not even halfway through no, we're not. the season. Compared to the first season, this is so long. Yeah, so long. And to have this big reveal at episode nine where do you go from there if not for something that you've already mentioned that you need to follow up with mm-hmm. so i feel like he and the vivian ernie thing just get dropped in so that there's something to look at after the killer reveal and and after leland's death and it just it, it sets up a lot of expectation because like if this is over if we've solved the murder of laura palmer what are we supposed to do for the next 13 episodes that still feels like yeah. this show? There's also an interesting parallel to me. It's where, like, yes, Laura was missing in a way from the season one up to now. 
and then she's completely missing from the story in the last half like really mm-hmm. like now she's actually gone yeah no we still get we still have red room laura she's out yes. there yes we do still Ooh. have red room laura red room laura i need to know so much more about mike and bob yeah there's i need still to, a lot there's still a I lot need there too a 12 hour docuseries on their beginnings and how everything I actually wanted to talk about this concerning you. Okay. So like I'm no, I'm I'm so happy <laughs> that that is something that you brought up because when we first started doing this thing, when we first started getting into the red room, when we first started having the like weird spirit stuff, mm-hmm. no investment from you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You did not want it. <laughs> it scared me. My stomach dropped when it's, he said that. I was like, not what oh. you were here for. And then we had something like the conversation at the end of Arbitrary Law where we were discussing like how Leland was susceptible to possession. We talked about spirituality and stuff like that. And I was loving it. And I'm, I, I want to see where your head's at as far as like, are you cool with getting more weird stuff like that oh, yeah. going forward? Awesome. Yeah. But that means it won't happen. That means it's done. We know... Bob is dead. No, we should. We got Tyler. We got the shot of Bob going through the woods. <laughs> what we assume. Do we know that was Bob? Well, that that's what we said before. Is I think I said I think that's Bob because they immediately oh. were talking about it and we see it going through. I think you agreed with me, but I don't remember. Maybe no, Bob I, is just the evil that I men do. do. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Right. So who knows? I like to think that he's still out there in the woods, uh, waiting, like Albert said, to. Take his next bite, you know. Who's it gonna be? Beast. Gonna take right now. He's just bite. on. A, he's on a tree branch somewhere. It's gonna be Andy eating Tootsie Pops. <laughs> gotta be Andy. It's Andy gonna Bob. be Andy. Oh yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For me, like my, my first watch through season two, after the killer's revealed and Leland dies, I saw that there was still so much season two left. I was like, what? are we going to do no this this yeah. what do you do could have been series finale mm-hmm. easily easily easily, easily. Yep. and i think it should have been that's where i'm sitting are you are you leaving? it should have it should have <laughs> you try, tyler's dropping out tyler's like that's <laughs> that's my season finale my, this is where i leave you this is where i recuse myself like, I would cry. Welcome back to Talking Backwards, where me and my friend Patrick tricked a third friend into watching this show. <laughs> they're all caught up now, <laughs> and they're also leaving. <laughs> there is more cool stuff to find out if you Absolutely. can sit through some some dumb stuff. Like <laughs> there is some uninteresting plot points Boy, coming. It does pick itself back up at the very end, I think. But there is some stuff that I really, really enjoy, and I think that season two gets gets a bad rap and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. It's but from my opinion, there's a lot of stuff that I actually really enjoy 
you know, if it didn't exist, yes, it would be tough to get through some of them. But there's a lot that I'm looking forward to discussing with you guys going forward. Overall, where we are in season two, I absolutely feel like where it where we've cut off at episode nine should have been a finale of sorts. Either the season two finale and make it as long as season one and drop a, a new mystery for season three to jump into. Oh, it never would have gotten picked up. But it, it it doesn't do that. It doesn't it doesn't give you something that's like, and this is obviously where we're going from here. No, you know, yeah. It it ends. <laughs> like this this yeah. ends this arc. It's yeah. true. And they, they kind of put all their all their deviled eggs in that basket. Yeah. Where can like, you imagine? Like you're just a basket of deviled eggs. Oh, I, I want that so bad right yeah. now. I'd just, waller in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got ways to go we got miles to go yeah so we had a lot of thoughts about season two but in our watching we also <laughs> got a little taste of uh the pilot again uh, revisited that and we got the international version that ends a little bit differently than what we got here in the states it's something despite just being an extension of the pilot that we know and love um, mm-hmm. It almost feels like its own little thing at the end, because otherwise, other than the red room stuff having some familiar music, I don't even know if there's much of a score at all. It's pretty quiet. It's just dialogue. Yeah. Even when you're hearing like Leland on the phone when he's calling Lucy, it's all just very just. You know, there's no music. My general feelings about it was watching it, and as as it started to diverge from the states pilot. It just felt like they had that much and then just like gave it to somebody's nephew to finish. From what I gathered too was that in sort of doing some research about why this exists. And why does it exist? The pilot was made separately from everything else from season one. There was some time in between yes. when they were picked up from ABC. Mm-hmm. As is usual. And ABC gave them apparently $1.6 million to make this. And especially because it was filmed, you know, like a movie. But... They really wanted them to film it with an ending in case it was just aired as a Sunday night movie. But instead, they picked it up for a full series. And instead, they stuck that ending on to sell to Europe um, as a standalone movie. Stuck on Um, is a great way to put that. Yeah, so I mean, this is called, I mean, it's definitely called an internet, it's the international pilot ending. I've heard it being been referred to as the alternate ending to the pilot. It's it's even, I even have seen it read as just sort of an alternate dimension sort of <laughs> ending no. to no. this. No, I can't buy into that. <laughs> there's stuff, there's stuff I, I enjoy about it. There's stuff that I don't like about it. I mean, yes, it is very different and at times confusing, but Cooper in the beginning of the Rest and Pain episode when he's talking to Harry uh, and Lucy, mm-hmm. he's talking about the dream he had the night before. He mentions yes. that Mike shot Bob. He mentions that Lucy was there in the dream. He mentions that Harry was there in the dream. He literally is mentioning everything that we've seen, even though those things weren't shown in the dream sequence at the end of that episode prior. Right. So imagine, I mean, I wish he had just been like Andy was there playing a trumpet, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say that. Um, yeah, and I, I think I brought that up too. And he was yeah. just talking about all these details that we didn't see. Yes, you do. You and bring it up when we originally talked about it. That's why I went back and listened to Rest in Pain because I wanted to hear what we said about him mentioning these things we didn't see. 
And so it was it was wacky for me watching that international pilot. Seeing those like Cooper talks about all this stuff. Yeah. But we but it's not we did not see the, this. Yeah, yeah, to the viewer, yeah. And they also just took bits and pieces of that ending yep. and used it in season one. Yeah. Like, and they also don't show the uh, in that dream sequence while they show most of pretty much the red room stuff to my knowledge stays pretty much exactly the same other than they don't show the title. There's a title card that comes up at the beginning that says 25 years later. Cooper says it was 25 years later in the next episode. Yeah. So there's that reference to that, even though we're not shown that that's 25 years later. Right. So it's especially weird because it's as though. Like like you were saying about it being an alternate dimension. It's like both of these things do exist. Mm-hmm. Like it like that is canon almost. Right. Yeah. But we are we're just getting another side of the mirror right. watching our season one. <laughs> just that the whole thing it just it hits a point where it's just like boom, 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 let's wrap this up. It just yeah. comes in like, I know where the killer is. He's in the basement. Right. And then sure enough, he's just down there doing his monologue with his circle right. of candles. Everyone's like, we got you. You're caught. He's like, ah, I'll get, ah. You. get you in my death bag. Like hell. <laughs> That's the thing too, though. It's like, you don't see Bob for the whole pilot until you see the small side of him in the mirror. If you even catch that. Mm-hmm. But then they do cut in that shot of him, like peering at the foot of the bed. Yeah. And it's a different one than the one we know. Yes. From in the series. Yeah. You, you actually see the bed and right. Like, you get the whole context of it. But you've never seen this guy. He's just suddenly there. You don't know this man. Right. <laughs> I know him. He looks like somebody, doesn't he? He kind of looks like somebody, doesn't he? But yeah, it gets so quiet. You get that You get that shot of Andy and Lucy just hanging out. Andy's playing the trumpet. She's got the little, like, paddleboard ball. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, like, little house on the prairie living room. They're about to go to bed. Yeah. She says that on the phone. <laughs> yeah. We're just about to go to bed and Andy's playing his trumpet. Which at one point does not have a mouthpiece. Yeah, he's got this like flannel sort of shirt with these like boots on. One leg is seen, one leg is covered up with like a pant leg. It's <laughs> very bizarre. But also what I do, so I will talk about what I do love about this. I actually love Lucy in this. It's... It's classic Lucy. I mean, the Lucy we've kind of known to love making these calls going back and forth. It's, mm-hmm. I do love that. It goes, and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> are there any extra call transfers in the international ending? <laughs> there are approximately two and a half more. Yeah. <laughs> in the international pilot. 20% more phone transfers. <laughs> I do like that they reused Mike's um, speech, yeah. his poem, because I think he's so good in that scene. I will say I like him a lot more than I like what Bob says. I like Bob more when I'm not hearing him say a lot of words. When he's not using nonsense words to make it rhyme with death bag. Right. Yeah. Everything he said up until death bag, I was like, all right, this guy's, this guy's devious. And he said, yeah. death bag. Get you in my <laughs> no, death bag. You just lost yeah. all credibility. <laughs> so Leland calls Lucy. She's trying to get, he's trying to get a hold of Sheriff Truman. Cause he says that Sarah Palmer had a vision. She's had two visions. And, um, someone suggests getting Hawk to draw a sketch of Bob, <laughs> <laughs> and we get two sketches. Yes. We get the one that we kind of know and love in the series, but there's also a first sketch. 
Dave, can you describe this for me? Because I certainly cannot. It's this is this little <laughs> portly dude who. First off, the head size is like half of what the drawing of Bob is. It is like a doll head that somebody put little circular glasses on and a like U-shaped hairline. Like so this my theory, is a, a balding so baby doll. So even though we didn't see it, I really do feel like maybe Sarah also saw this man to play into the fact that she had two visions. So Hawk made two drawings. Maybe that was just his practice sketch. Drawings. Like, hold on. I want to make sure I've still got the touch. That was yeah, his first this is draft. A practice round. Yeah. I know you kind of went through it sort of quickly, but the um, when Bob's down there, you know, Sheriff Truman's kind of got him at gunpoint and Bob... Says he will kill again. Coop walks in with Truman, and Truman's got him at gunpoint. And two seconds later, Mike (laughs) bursts through the door and says... Like hell! (laughs) Yeah. Says like hell. Shoots him dead, and then proceeds to also die? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. And I think in this alternate (laughs) universe that these two spirits are connected. Right, that's what I, I was going to say, is they if were connected. One, if so one dies, it, they both die. Yeah. Mike was just dumb enough to... to kill. <laughs> so you got a nickel? Why? So you got a nickel? Why does he need a nickel? That's my favorite part about it. Maybe in the lore of Twin Peaks, a nickel would have saved his life in that moment. And he wouldn't yeah. have died. Wait, like... Just put it in his mouth and... So he goes down, make a wish, and then the the candles candles go out. Yeah. That's weird. I want a continuation of this storyline. Instead, Tyler, you're getting uh, 25 years later, we're in the red room. In the red room. And then that's just the... There's nothing different. About the same, yeah. There might be a few different cuts. um, Maybe a few things extended, but for I mean, there's not like there's any new lines or anything. Yeah. So I did a a poll on our Twitter earlier asking people what they thought about the international pilot ending, whether they uh, liked it or whether they didn't, why or why not. So the final results were 65% said they liked it, 20% said no, and 15% said indifferent. Hmm. Let me tell you some of the reasons why, and then we'll we'll go into our thoughts. Longtime Peaks fan said, of course, it gave birth to the Red Room. David McNeil at Sneaky McDave, said, I like it. The one-armed man's speech is brilliant. Guy Dudeman said, it's more Twin Peaks. It's more Andy and Lucy. We see Coop's full dream, the one-armed man's full poem, more Lynch and sanity. I always watch the international (laughs) pilot ending in place of the dream scene in episode two. I love it. Who's up for the contraction Lynch sanity? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, usually the term that's that's used describing anything that looks like David Lynch is Lynchian. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's in the dictionary, but that's Lynchian too formal. Is the term. It's closer to Lovecraftian. That's how Harold Smith died. Gary Cottier said the extended ending is just the full version of Cooper's dream in episode two. In episode three, he says Andy and Lucy were in the dream, but they weren't seen in it. The original TV pilot is the one for me. The other one doesn't make make much sense with the TV show. And then. Um, the last one we got here is Mikey B. It's a Ooh. neat curiosity and worth watching, plus Red Room. It is a neat curiosity. Care? and why, it's, why do people care about the Red Room? 
it's it's a big deal. I do not it's, care. <laughs> it's just like uh, yeah, it's just like Wyndham Earl right now. He doesn't care. Wyndham who? Empty. Yeah, the international pilot is is a curiosity, but I feel like it. The bits of it that were brought up later, as though it happened, could have been pulled and chopped in and made to make sense in the actual season one pilot. Like you could have made that work instead of just talking about things that we never saw. I think Lynch and Frost also wanted to keep the pilot the way they originally wrote it without the ending that ABC made them do. Whether right. that was a time crunch or not, I don't know. But David Lynch, what I had always read was that he loved the way the Red Room stuff came about. And he also loved, of course, putting Bob in there and Mike. That He just had to use it in an episode. The choice of, of not putting in Andy and Lucy's stuff and... Um, all oh, of that, and then and then mentioning I feel like it that wasn't later, a hard choice. and then mentioning it in the next episode, like having Cooper loosely mention it and mentioning the shooting part. I obviously yes, I mean it, it doesn't make sense to the viewer because you haven't seen it. I kind of like it as it is this Easter deviled egg to those who know about the international pilot. Um, he gets it, you know, because now when you go back and see that, that's your anytime you see that scene, you're gonna immediately think of these things, deviled you know. eggs. Mm-hmm. I think of deviled eggs. So for me personally, I'm indifferent on it because I do. There is stuff that I like about it, and there's stuff that I don't like about it. I was going to point out real, real quick that the first sketch of Bob looks very much like Toby Jones, act, the actor Toby Jones, as he appears in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ah, could not. I couldn't figure out what he was from. And I guess also the first Captain America too. But Dave, did you like the international pilot ending? Yes or no? Or uh, n- no, <laughs> I do. I do not like that ending. I I like all the elements that it includes, but that is still in the pilot. We still see these things, but just not to this extent, and not with this completely out of nowhere ending. It's like, oh, there's the killer! Cow, cow! We Dude. did it! Lock the end. Cow. Yeah, I, it's 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 a bad ending to that episode, but I I don't think that without that content that it would improve or lessen the show if we just acted like it didn't happen. Because right. not even knowing that it happened, I didn't have that many more questions that I needed answers for. That after I saw this, I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. No, <laughs> no we <it> we <laughs> still got the red room. We still got enough information like i just assumed that cooper saw more in his dream than we got to see because it was his dream and so we got what we could understand from it that's just what i took from that and that's fine i don't need the international pilot ending to complete my universe like it doesn't give us the red room we still get the red room right i understand its value for what it is i just think there was a cleaner way to incorporate what we could take from that without ending <laughs> as a movie and just doing the show. Could you imagine yeah. having <clears throat> watched this live and then, <laughs> and then it just ends on that red room mm-hmm. yes. and then you never get anything else. That's David Lynch. As long as you live. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's super entertaining. (laughs) Having seen past the pilot, I super appreciate it because of how ridiculous it is. 
See, that's it's where so that's much, where I that's where I so I'm so basically I'm basically mm-hmm. such a perfect mix of you two where I ha- I agree with Dave point Dave's points, but it's so almost a so bad it's it's good in my view. Oh yeah, like it's one of those where especially the like hell. It's it's room. <laughs> it's just it's it's super entertaining for sure. But yeah. but but yes, but yes, like overall, it is it is pretty meaningless in the long run. I said it already. It's an Easter egg for the hardcore fans and a what a deviled egg for the hardcore thank fan. you thank you i'm not going to replace the pilot with that no absolutely not if i'm doing a watch not. through the pilot's it's, perfect it's not worth doing that but i i appreciate it for what it is and i can yeah. let it exist in its own space it's something it's, that I will revisit from time to time when either i want to see andy playing the trumpet or i want to see mike yelling like hell so, Dave, if you had to rate these first nine episodes, one to five deviled eggs, how many deviled eggs would you give it? The first nine episodes? Yeah. Four and a half deviled eggs. Okay, yeah. It's it's enough to to be an appetizer, and I didn't overeat, and there's still room for my lunch. Okay. My lynch lunch. Oh. Mm. What about you, Patrick? It's 100% five deviled eggs. I love deviled the eggs. first nine episodes of season two as a whole. I'll give it four and a half just because I'm eating half of one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's been a really fun first half of the season. We've we've had a good time watching and rewatching and discussing. Uh, we had some cool stuff happen to us, too. We We got to do a contest. We did a giveaway. Had a lot yeah. of fun with that. Yeah. I'm still enjoying my Mint Plus Plus pins. Yeah. Yeah. Still waiting to hear about the Twin Peaks board game. So I know somebody out there is holding out on me. Somebody's got a hot lead on this game. Listen, we want yeah. to play the game. I promise to think about maybe giving it back to you. I do still have a little something in my back pocket that we're going to do for a super special episode. Mm. So keep your ears and eyeballs out for that. Mm. Can't wait. There is more to come, folks. We're not done. Yeah, we got ways to go, uh, but we're going to get there, and we hope that you're going to join us. As always, we would appreciate any feedback that you might have. You know what? Email us. Straight up email us yeah. at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up yeah. on Twitter at talkingbackward. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us on Instagram. Talkingbackwardspod on Instagram. Tyler. You can hit me up at... The Egg Deviler on Twitter and Instagram. I need to get that <laughs> handle right now. <laughs> get it before it's gone. Anchor. Anchor.fm slash Talking Backwards. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. We we really enjoy that. We have not, not noticed that we get plays as soon as episodes go live. I'm so glad that there are folks that are waiting for these to air. You are appreciated. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it. We super appreciate you. We would really have zero reason to do this if people weren't listening so it's it's still fun for us we hope it's still fun for you come along as we finish up the second half of this season it's gonna be great deviled eggs